Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We're studying the parable of the sower and the seed. And we're getting into it a little bit. Amen. We're going to get through it, though. And we're going to spring right off into some teachings on faith. Because it all goes hand in hand. Let's just begin reading from verse 10 like we did this morning. And we're going to continue on with the teaching. In verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and, to him that, and he shall have more in abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not, have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not hear, heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He's talking about hearing with your spiritual ear. Father, we thank you for the word, for the anointing upon your word. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, dear Father God, it shall produce life and light in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We said that uh, the seed was the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. We said that the soil is the, or the ground is the heart of the believer. We said that the Word has got to gain entrance into the heart. It gains entrance into the heart through the eyes, which means the understanding, and through the ears, which is the hearing. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Faith is born of the Spirit. So faith is in the heart. Jesus said, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear it. Now we stop there and we went on to explain some other things that I'll get back to in a moment. But I want to again remind you that the scripture said, I have not seen nor ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God prepared for them that love him. But God revealed them unto us by his spirit. So... If you've been preaching it the other way around, you might as well read verse 10 because it's after verse 9. Amen? Isn't that right? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Verse 10 comes after verse 9. Isn't that right? But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Now, we said that the Word is incorruptible. It's the seed that's incorruptible. The whole idea of what He's saying, the whole subject of the parable is the Word of God. The whole object of the parable is to get results through the Word of God. We said the reason for the seed is to produce the fruit, whatever it is. If it's a tomato, to produce tomatoes. Isn't that right? So no matter what it is that you have need of in your body, in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, doesn't matter what it is that you need in your life. 
if you'll follow the principles that Jesus lays down here, and you understand how the mystery of the kingdom works, you're going to get the fruit and bear the fruit of what you're believing God for. If you find the Word and plant it into your heart. This is the reason why most people don't get their deliverance. Because they don't take the Word and plant it into their heart. And then even though they do, He's going to show you steps whereby Satan comes along to steal it away from your heart. Now, in, uh, let's take a look at Matthew 13, 23. I just want to go over these end results just for a moment. In Matthew 13, 23, Jesus said, But he that receives seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some sixty, bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirtyfold. Well, he said, He that hears the word and understands it bears fruit. Mark said, He that receives, hears the word and receives it bears fruit. So he that hears the word and understands it, he that hears the word and receives it, looks at he that hears the word and keeps it. They're going to bear fruit. Now notice the three steps there. You've got to receive it. You've got to understand it, receive it, and you've got to keep it. If you understand it and receive it and don't keep it in your heart, that's going to be to no avail. Now they tied in all three things here. Receiving it, understanding it, and keeping it in your heart. Just like you receive the seed. You understand how that seed works? You plant it into the ground and you keep it into the ground and one day you're going to have a plant and you're going to have tomatoes on that plant. You're going to have the fruit. Now, the fruit that he's talking about is the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of the kingdom of God. Everything that, that's in the kingdom of God works by these principles. Now, if you'll remember back there in Proverbs, the fourth chapter, I'm not going to take time to go through all these steps, but just, just to give them to you, you can look them up for yourself. He said, My son... Attend to my word. The word is the incorruptible seed, but you've got to attend to it. Attend to my word. Incline your ear to what I say. Right? Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, the understanding of your eyes. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened or being open. Remember Paul prayed that prayer over there in Ephesians? That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. The entrance of thy word giveth what? Light. Okay, he said to attend to the word... He said to hear the word. He said to keep the word before your eyes and don't and keep the word in your heart. Don't let the word depart from where? From your heart. Keep them in the midst. Keep them in the midst. Keep them in the midst. You know what that word means? Protect them in your heart. Protect them. You don't just plant that seed and you don't take care of that seed. A lot of farmers will go out there and protect them seeds that he plants into the ground. Isn't that right? And if you protect that seed, you're going to bear fruit. So protect the seed when it gets into your heart. Now, we said that you can hear with your physical ear and you can hear with your spiritual ear. You can see with your physical eye and you can see with your spiritual eye. If you're not seeing with your spiritual eyes and ears, then you're not going to get it into your heart. Verse 15 told us, let's read it, For this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed us at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So in other words, what he's saying is if you see spiritually, you're going to get saved, you're going to get life, and you're going to get hell. Now at the end of Proverbs, the fourth chapter, what did he say? For they are life unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. What, my word? If you attend, incline, see, keep them before your eyes, and keep it in your heart. 
receive the Word, understand the Word, keep the Word in your heart, you're going to bear fruit. Now, Luke said it like this, and that's another sermon in itself. We're going to have to wait till we get there. But he said, keep it in your heart with patience. Patience. Patience and endurance. You're going to see how that, without patience and endurance, the Word will be stolen out from your heart. But let's go over to John's Gospel, the sixth chapter. I just want to, this is where I left off. I, I just mentioned it. I didn't get into it because I didn't want to give you too much at once. Luke, or John 6, 53. This is an example of not only followers in them days, but followers in these days. Followers in them days and followers in these days are just the same. Somehow we seem to think that we're just so far better, you know. But they do the same thing now than they did back then. You know, everybody's getting that, that religion that says it's for the other guy. You know, they didn't do it, but we do it. Well, if we're a doer of the Word, we're going to get results. Now, in John's Gospel, the sixth chapter, he talks about some people that didn't hear the Word. Let's go over it. Jesus said unto them, Brother, brother, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, all as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live in forever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his what? Many of his what? Many of his disciples. Listen. Many of his therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? What was he mean? Didn't they, didn't they hear? Well, sure they heard what he said. You know how many times I quote Mark eleven twenty four? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you can have them. People go up, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? It's a, so simple it would make you blush. But some people just can't seem to get a hold of it. I don't know why it is. But open up your spiritual ears and open up your spiritual eyes and we're going to start to see how this kingdom of God works in, as a seed. We're all expecting God to do the miracle instantly. But it doesn't work that way all the time. Oh, dear God, if it did, you know, none of us would have to have any faith. Isn't that right? Just come here and get healed and go home. Just go zap your finger and it comes just like that. Some kind of magic formula. It's not, if you're looking for a magic formula, faith's not a magic formula. But if you're looking fundamental principles, basic principles of how the kingdom of God operates... In your heart, you're going to find them and they'll work and the word's incorruptible and it'll never fail. So they said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? What is this? We followed you all this time. They were disciples. They were followers. Students of his. And he said, this is a hard saying. Who could hear it? They couldn't hear it because it was spiritual. Let's see what Jesus said. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? Hold there just a moment. Go to Mark 4. Just for a brief moment. Go to Mark 4. Because I'll, I'll hit this when I get into the, the rest of this parable.
verse 16 and 17, because we're going to touch this today, uh, I believe. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure it for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are what? Go back there. Verse 61. When Jesus knew with himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this what? They were offended. Why? Because of the word's sake. Why? You're going to see how persecution and affliction will come at you for the word's sake. All right, let's go on. What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Boy, that, that, that got a hold of him. If you thought the other words offended him, them, let's go on and see what he says. It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profit of nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit. And they are life. The words are spirit, and the words are life. They tried to understand the words in the natural and didn't realize the words were spirit. So they tried to understand it with the, how am I going to eat this man's flesh? What does he think we are, cannibals or what? Doesn't he know we're not supposed to drink blood? What's he saying if we drink his blood? This is a hard saying, they said. Who can understand it? Let's go on and see, even his, even his twelve. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and, they, and sh who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except that were given unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. When people have heard the message of faith and healing, and then they get offended because their child gets attacked with sickness or disease, immediately they are offended and they walk back from faith and they follow it no more. Why? Because they're offended. They want to know what, what happened. Persecution and affliction came, so they go off. Well, look at what these disciples did. They went off. They went back. They followed him no more. Verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go away? Will you also go away? They didn't understand it either. I know they didn't understand it. Well, then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of... My words are life unto them that find them, and health unto all their flesh. The Scripture said in Matthew, I should save them, and they should be healed. If they see with their spiritual eyes, and hear with their spiritual ears, my words will be life unto you, and health unto all your flesh. That's what he's saying. Peter knew that, but he didn't understand it. He didn't really understand it. I'm sure the twelve didn't understand it any more than anybody else did. But they said, I don't care whether I understand it or not. I'm just going to follow him. Now, look at what Jesus said. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth 
shall set you free. Now listen, I've had many people I've confronted and talked with that do not understand how faith works. They don't understand the principles of the kingdom, how this, this works here, which we're going to, like I said, we're going to get into in a minute here. They don't understand how it works. So they've gone off into their own corner and uh, they've compromised the word and they started to build up all these fallacies and false doctrines and, and I don't know, whatever you want to call them, I call it heresy. Heresy is what I call it. They go off and they say, well, if the Lord will, He'll heal you. That's heresy. That's heresy. As far as I'm concerned, anything short of Jesus dying for your sickness and disease is heresy. That's exactly what it is. Well, God will supply your need if you run around the block three times. If you do some good works. If you do this, if you do that. That's just as much heresy saying God will forgive your sins if you go and do some acts of penance or something like that. That's right. You can't, you can't get your... You can't offer no sacrifice for sin except Father forgive me and He'll forgive you. Isn't that right? So they got all these false doctrines. They started putting all these things about their Father God and they never did find out the truth. Here's a half-truth. God heals, but not going to heal you if it, did, if it didn't work. When you got to the altar, then it don't work. You might just forget it. You're suffering for Jesus. Amen. That's what they say. Well, how long have you got to suffer? Well, till you find out what's wrong. Why are you going to the doctor? Get better. I thought you were suffering for Jesus. Yeah, I am. The doctor's making it easier. They could never answer that question. I'll, I'll ask it to everybody that believes this way. I've had people tell me, they believe, if you got healed 15 times, all right. But if you missed out on one, friend, that's the one you're suffering for, Jesus. I said, why are you going to the doctor? Huh? Why are you going to the doctor? I don't know. I'm human. Well, you're supposed to be suffering for Jesus. Doctor help you? Yeah. Make you feel better? Yeah. Why are you going to the doctor if you're suffering for Jesus? I wish they can get it into their heads that you don't got to suffer sickness and disease for Jesus. You've got to suffer persecution for Jesus, but not sickness and disease. What's so hard about that? Do you ever try telling somebody they can be healed and they just talk themselves right out of it? I mean, you know, that's pride. In other words, I am so spiritual... I am so walking in tune with God. I'm so close to Him. I've had so many abundance of revelations that God had to give me a thorn in the flesh. Huh? Isn't that right? Isn't that what they say? Are you that spiritual? How many revelations have you had? You've been to the throne of God? How many times? Have you heard words that cannot be uttered? Then you don't need a thorn in your flesh. Besides, it was the devil anyhow. It wasn't sickness or disease. So this is fallacy. This is error. This is false teaching. But they build it up as truth. They don't hear right. They don't understand their father. They get off in the air. And I'm going to show you how they do the same thing. They do the same thing. But this here, Peter said, Peter said, you've got the words of eternal life. I know you do. I may not understand it now, but I'm going to continue on. Listen, I didn't understand four years ago when I first got saved how to, how to walk in divine health. But you know what I said from the heart? 
I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it's true. I know it's true, I said. I'm going to continue in the Word. I don't care if you believe about what they call, I, I, I don't even like to tag it this term. They say positive confession. Here's what they hear. I don't know why I'm getting this. I'm going to get into it. Hallelujah. Here's what they hear. Because I don't want you to hear this. Take heed how you hear and what you hear. What they hear is this. The guy said to say you're not sick. And if you say you're not sick, then you're not sick. That's all they get out of intensive study of God's Word. Out of studying the Word of God. They call it positive confession. I never saw that in the Bible. I never saw that in the term in the Bible. Jesus didn't say, I came to give you positive confession, did He? He said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. That's what He said. I came to give you health for I took all your sickness and disease. And so what they do is they get in the air and they start putting, putting words in the preacher's mouth. And that's not right. That's not true. Someone said, don't you go down to that church. He chose you not to go to doctors. I just got to pray for people like that. I never said once for you not to go to a doctor. I said I'd take you there. Because I know how faith works. And I know if you're believing or not. And if you're not believing, I'll take you there. Isn't that right? I'm not going to watch you die. <laughs> I'm going to take you there. Because you need help. So what I want you to do is I want you to start to grab a hold of the Word. You let the Word be the final authority. Peter said, I know you've got the words of eternal life. I'm going to follow you. So follow Him. Continue in this Word. Know that it's the truth. Mark eleven twenty four. they hear. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. Believe what? Say it with me. Believe you receive them. What are you to believe now? Okay, first thing the people do, they walk off and they, they hear that, they hear that prayer, and they walk off and they don't understand it. Because they don't understand it, they walk away saying, He told me to say I'm healed. He told me to say that I don't have a, a boil on my arm. Or He told me to say that I don't have this sickness or this disease. No one ever said that. No one ever, no faith teacher that teaches faith properly ever told a person to say he doesn't have something, if he has it. But He did say to say, I believe I received my healing. There's a big difference. So take heed as to what you hear and take heed as to how you hear. Go on back. We might as well get right on to the meat of it now. Go to, back to Matthew 13. Look at what uh, Jesus said. Verse 16. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Your eyes see, and your ears hear. Those that have eyes that see spiritually, and those that have ears that hear spiritually, those eyes and those ears are blessed. They're blessed. If you're saying, Lord, I just can't seem to see spiritually, Paul prayed a prayer in Ephesians, the first chapter. Pray that you're, pray it for yourself. For he said over there, he said, I see start to make mention of you in my prayers, and I pray that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Pray that prayer every day for yourself that your eyes may be open, that you may see, and your eyes will be blessed.
richness of God's riches is in this parable. If we'll see it with spiritual eyes and hear it with spiritual ears. He said, For verily I say in you, verse 17, Many prophets and righteous men desire to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and they've not heard them. But your eyes are blessed. Mark 4, and just stay there, Mark 4, 13 said, If you don't understand this parable, you won't understand all parables. So what he's actually saying is here, here is, If you will take the time to meditate, to get your eyes open, your ears open to what's being said in this parable, you're going to understand the entire operation of the kingdom of God, the Word of God in the heart of man. And I'll tell you what, the reason why we're blessed is because no one could ever say that before this. All the words He came to speak, no man ever spake. Isn't that right? No man ever spake like this, they said. We've never heard these words before. I don't understand them, they said. But blessed be God, your eyes are blessed, your ears are blessed. Oh, we've heard things actually that they've not known of. until We already saw that in Ephesians, the third chapter this morning. That's never been revealed. Let's go on to the next verse. Verse 18 here. Hear ye therefore, hear ye therefore, hear ye therefore, hear ye therefore. Hear ye what your spiritual is, therefore, the parable of the sower. He's saying, please hear it. Take heed how you hear. Take heed what you hear. How you hear it. What you hear. Take heed. Be diligent. Study it. Meditate on it. What's the purpose? We said for seeing and hearing spiritually. It's to do what? To let the Word gain entrance into what? Our hearts. Our spirits. Eye has not seen nor ear heard. Neither has entered. The reason why it hasn't entered into the heart of man is because he didn't see it and he didn't hear it. But Jesus didn't say we didn't see it here. He said they didn't see it or hear it. Isn't that right? He said we are blessed because we could see it and we could hear it by the Holy Ghost. He came to speak words to you. Hear it. He came to enlighten your mind, bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. Understand it. To illuminate our minds, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Amen. Now, we said that the reason is to gain entrance into our what? Heart. Our heart. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. My words are what? Spirit. And they are alive. If the words are spirit, where must they enter? The what? Spirit. The heart. Okay, listen. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. It doesn't say just reading it with your physical eyes and physical ears. Someone says, I, don't want to, I can't understand the Bible because you're reading it from a natural standpoint. But if you'll start to read it from a spiritual standpoint, you're going to have the Word gain entrance into your heart. It's the entrance of the Word that gives light. The light shines in your heart as the Word gains entrance. The doorways to the heart is the eyes and the ears. As your eyes are open spiritually, as your ears are open spiritually, then your heart receives what? Light. The light of the gospel. The light of the Word of God. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And that's how you're changed from glory to glory. 
when it's the light, not head knowledge, but when it's the light in your spirit. Now he said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, the candle, searching all the inner parts of the belly. But he also said in Psalm 18, 28, Thou will light my candle. Thou will enlighten my darkness. What's he talking about? Man's spirit. Man's spirit. So don't try to grab a hold of this parable from a natural standpoint. You'll never get it. In verse 19, he talks about the condition of the heart. He's not talking about farmers. He's not talking about farmers at all. But he's giving you a natural laws. He's giving you the natural laws of farming. And showing you that those laws are designed to work because there are higher spiritual laws that work the same way. Amen? Listen, this, this natural world is governed by the spirit world. Sometimes we seem to think it's the opposite. That's not right. It's that world that's the real world. It's this world that's the fake world. Amen. This is the physical sense world. That world, the spirit world, is the real world. That world up there controls all that's in this world down here. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes the un things that you do not see that's up there, the unrealities of hope, and brings them into this place of reality. Because they are realities up there. It's ultimate truth in that world. And it's going to bring it into this place. And he's showing you how to get it. And it's going to be almost like the process of a seed being sown, growing, and producing fruit. That is the legal way that the Word of God will work. And anything, anything other than that is really the mercy of God through the gifts or through anything else. Look at this, this next verse, 19. When anyone heareth the word, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, it's the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. In Mark four, in the same, don't turn to it, but in Mark four fifteen. He said the same, almost the same thing, only he said, immediately come at the devil. Immediately come at the devil. If you went out into your garden and you, got, you were planting seed, while you were planting that seed, you were putting them into the ground real nice. While you had your bag of seed over there, one slipped out and fell over by the wayside, went over there, you didn't know it. And it fell over there by the wayside. Somebody heard that. You see? Someone caused some of that word. Or somebody, I, I, I heard somebody say, when I talked to them about... Faith, they were saying, well, we heard about these faith people, what they believe and what they do. And when they said we heard about what they believe and what they do, the person that's been teaching the faith. Someone will go off and say, that preacher down there is saying all these things. They got it second hand. They didn't get it from the preacher. And so they heard it by the wayside. And they go off and said, oh, what a bunch of crazy people. Look at all the false doctrine that they're teaching. Look at all the fallacy that they're teaching. They're they're preaching positive confession and this and that and all these other false truths. That's what they're saying. All these false doctrines and so on and so forth. And so we can readily see that they heard it by the wayside. They didn't understand it. They don't understand the operation of the Word of God or the Kingdom of God. All they did was pick it up by the wayside like that little seed that fell off to the side. So you know what happened? The devil came along and snatched that seed. Like a little bird. Just, just went on by just plucked it right up like that. You know why he can do that? Because it wasn't sown. It wasn't planted. It wasn't deep. All he had to do was just come and just get that seed and take it away. That's the easiest way to get rid of the seed, isn't it? Easiest. Easiest way is to do it like that. So, let's go back to the 13th chapter. 
Let's find out what happened with this, this person's... Verse 4. And when he sold, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So this person that does not understand the operation of the Word of God in the heart of man, the first thing the devil does is comes against him and devours up that Word because he has no understanding of how it works. You know what that's telling me? That's telling me that before you can get that into your heart, you're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to have to get it deep into your heart. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to speak it. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to diligently seek it. He said, seek the kingdom of God. Seek and you shall find, he said. Seek it diligently. Those that come to God must come by faith. And he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. You're not going to hear the message of the word of God one time and understand the operation of it just like that, just because you heard even me preach it or anybody else preach it the first time. But if you'll stay with it and see that it's the word of God, then you'll begin to understand it. Now, I'll give you an example. I think it'd be better to, to give you an example. When people hear the word preached about faith and healing, they get all excited about it. Some will hear it by the wayside. And when they grab a hold of that word, here's what they hear. Did you know that if all you've got to do is say that you're not sick or just say that you're healed, don't you dare say you're sick or don't you dare say you've got a cold or don't you dare say you've got the flu or don't you dare say this or dare say that. A person will do this. And if you're, uh, if you're walking in faith out there, take this as a lesson. If you know somebody that doesn't understand how faith works, don't start your conversation by saying, you shouldn't say you have the flu. Don't do that. They're going to think that the only, reason why, the only way to get rid of the flu is by saying, I don't have it. That's wrong. I never taught that. You'll never find me teaching it like that. Confession has its part. Confession of the Word has its part to play. But that is not all there is to the truth. Let me give you an example. Somebody's got, like I said, something on their arm. Let's say something that you could see. Something like a, like a boil or something on their arm. Or a cyst or just, just a lump. Let's say a lump or a growth on their arm. Now, you, you, t you tell that person, the Word works like this. If you'll take the Word of healing and plant it into your heart, when you plant that word into your heart by understanding it, by receiving it and keeping it, then you pick a time of prayer. You pray. You believe you receive. When you pray, you shall have. You go through all the explanation of how to receive. Then on a given time, you, you go ahead and pray the prayer of faith. You write it down. You jot it down on a piece of paper. Then you begin to water it with thanksgiving. You begin to praise God for the victory or for the answer. That person walks off. And all they get out of that if they don't really understand it is, and I've done it with people, I prayed, I believe I received my healing, but it's not gone yet. Oh, but I'm healed. But it's not gone yet, still there. But I know I'm healed. Well, it's still there though. What's on your arm? Oh, that's just the growth I have. That's just the lump I have. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. I'm healed. Now, I'm not saying that just to be negative. I'm saying that because that's how you start out in it. That's how I start out in it. I said, honey, glory to God, I'm healed. I know I got a cold, but I'm healed. Now, now that sounds stupid to me. It sounds foolish to me. But if you're just getting into it, I want you to listen to me. Positive confession is not faith. Positive confession is not going to heal you. It's faith from the heart. 
spoken through your mouth, believed from your heart, spoken with your mouth. Now, confession keeps the word in your heart, keeps the seed in there until it brings forth the fruit of healing. When you walk off and say the negative side of it, you're uprooting your seed. And we're going to see that more clearly as we go on. But the only thing that that person gets out of this is that uh, if you just say that you're not sick, then you're going to be all right the rest of your life. Glory to God. And then the first time something comes along, first time some sickness or disease comes along, they just say, oh, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Their kids burn up with fever. I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. They get all worried and frustrated and anxiety comes in and fear sets in. And before you know it, they're off to the doctor and they say, this doesn't work. That guy don't know what he's talking about. Well, you just mark him down as Matthew 13, 19. Mark it down. You all started there. I started there. We're all going to start there. Matthew 13, 19. You got it by the wayside. You got it by the wayside. You didn't fully understand it. Now, as I, before I get into the next one, I want you to grab a hold of this. The seed's incorruptible. It cannot fail, right? He's given you the condition of man's heart. Now listen, if the Word can't fail, then it must mean man's heart can fail to produce the Word. Right? Or to bear the fruit. Isn't that right? The seed can't fail, but it's the ground which is the heart. If I don't understand it in my heart, then my heart's not in the right place to, to producing that fruit. Someone says, them faith preachers always tell you that when you come to the altar, if you don't get healed, it's your fault. I guess they preach the Bible, don't they? Because Jesus said, the Word cannot fail. You know what else cannot fail? I said this morning, love cannot fail. If your heart is filled with love, and if you're walking in love, and the Word of God is dwelling richly in your heart of love and all wisdom, then the seed can't fail, and neither can the heart fail. You know what it produces? Fruit. Great results. Mountain-moving results. But in between the time of the seed and the fruit, Satan has an onslaught. He has an all-out war to uproot that seed out of your heart. And if he can do it, just mark it down the first one. Matthew 13, 19 is the one that didn't understand it. And so if you say, I don't understand how it works yet, just sit tight. Just sit tight. You're going to learn how it works. And if you'll have patience and endurance, you're going to follow it right on through. Let's go to Matthew 13, 20. And... Uh, Matter of fact, let's compare these. Let's, let's read Matthew 13, 20 first. But he that received the, the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and, and with, with joy receiveth it. And yet he hath no root in himself. Underline that word. And yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth for the word, uh, because of the word... By and by he is offended. Let's go back to verse six, 5, 5 and 6. Keep these things in mind. The seed fell in the stony places. The same is he that heareth the word and with joy received the word. Now he's received it. But he has no root in himself. He endures for a time, just a little while, but when persecution, tribulation comes, for the Word's sake, he's offended. And then the Word, let's go back to verse 5 and 6, see what happens to the Word. 
Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. The seed doesn't fail. The earth failed to produce it because there was no deepness of earth. What is the root? Ephesians 3, 16 and 7. Let's read it. Notice they had no root in themselves. If we'll just take spiritual law and apply it, you're going to see how to get every prayer request answered in your life. Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 16. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the what? Okay, where's the word got to enter? Into your inner man. May be able to comprehend... Oh, I'm sorry, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in that seed was not rooted or grounded in love. It had no root in himself. So endure. Oh, I mean to tell you, I call this emotionalism. Glory, 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 glory be to God. You know, they're just on fire for God. And, you know, you just give them the Word. And they and with joy receive the Word of God. They say, glory to God, I'm healed. Glory to God, I'm delivered. Glory to God, I'm set free. And they walk off, you know. And before you know it, oh, brother. Oh, brother. You know what happened to the guy? I'll show it to you. James, the first chapter. Aren't you glad the Word's got answers for all this? Hallelujah. Remember, it says it sprung up speedily. It doesn't say you didn't receive the Word. You did. You did receive the Word. Your healing was on its way. It was. But there wasn't enough deepness of earth. You weren't rooted and grown in love. What happened? The sun came up and scorched it. Did you notice this? Well, let's read this first, verse 11 first. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in all his ways. It's, a, it's symbolic of the same thing. And I'm going to use it to relate back and forth. You got the seed. You planted it into your heart. You received it. Shallow. It was, your, your heart was shallow. There was a little bit up there. So instantly it took, it started to grow. It came up instantly. But the same sun that pours out the light to cause a beautiful rose to bud, the same sunlight that causes them beautiful plants to produce huge tomatoes, the same beautiful sun, okay, the same light, the same thing, the same grace of God that causes the healings, the manifestations, the wonderful working of miracles, all the things, all the fruit of righteousness to work in your life, in reverse, is going to cause destruction. Because when you get off to the negative side, 
You're on the opposite side of God's grace. The grace falleth away. That grace cannot work like it should. It's like the potter and the clay. You get the right ingredients inside, the, inside that clay, that sun will make it nice and soft. You get it wrong and you're going to have a nothing but a brick. Isn't that right? Alright. The same word is designed to get into the heart. To give us the deepness of God's Word, of God's love in our heart. And if it gets into our heart, that same light, that same Word is going to cause our hearts to be beautiful. A beautiful vineyard, a beautiful place for God's Word to grow in. Producing all the fruit of righteousness. But the same Word, through trials and tribulations, the same Word. When you get it in the opposite, when you take the opposite side of it, it's going to work against you. The same word that produces faith also produces the hardness of the heart. Why? They heard the word, didn't mix faith with it, their heart was hardened. God didn't harden their hearts. No, they got on the opposite side of the fence. So the same word that works in the positive sense works in the negative sense. You keep on saying you're sick. You keep on saying you get the flu every January 3rd. You keep on saying that every, every so on and so forth, whatever you get, you get. You will. The same light... The same knowledge of the victory life is the same thing in opposite, the opposite effect, to be defeated. That's why someone says, I was defeated. Why? Because of what I've been saying. Why were you saying it? Because it was an abundance of my heart. Why was it an abundance of your heart? Because you let the devil steal the word out of your heart. You didn't keep God's word in your heart. Can you see that? And so the same thing, the same thing that could produce life and the power of death and life are in the what? The same word. The same word that produces life. You go against that word, what do you get? What happened to Adam in the garden when he got went against God's word? Death. Death. And if you don't think this is important to get our spirits, our tongue, the word lined up correctly. Well, just the statement that death and life are in the power of the tongue is going to make me to get into it. Amen? I want life. Now, the heart then... Let's go back. Let's go on back to Matthew 13. Yet hath he not rooted himself, verse 21, but it says he dureth for a while. He has no root in himself. For the first two hours, he could say, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm free. For the first three hours, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm free. But has no deepness. He does it deeply. Now the scripture says that we may understand, yea, the deep things of God. He doesn't understand it deeply enough. So consequently, he may get cheated out of his victory. Don't stop there just because you did. Don't stop there just because you lost out the first time. Get on back into the Word. The devil wants, it's designed to make you quit, okay? I'll say it like this. If you've quit trying to do the Word or doing the Word, you're just doing the opposite of the Word. And it's going to work and have an adverse effect on you. If you're not doing what this is saying, then you're doing the opposite of what it's saying. And so, you're going to be defeated in life. Now, what kind of a heart makes up a heart of love? I'm going to give it to you. Let's, let's go to First Peter. I want you to see this. Let's talk about the ingredients... Of of the established heart, and then we'll close right here. Time flies when you're having fun. Dear Lord. 
Hallelujah. Where did it go? I told you we're going to get into this. We're going to get this parable out. Now notice, it's the condition of the heart. It's not the word. When you go off and say it didn't work, you're saying the word don't work. That's humility. I'll tell you what, I'd rather, I'd rather get before the Lord and say, Lord, there's many ways I could have missed it. I could have been the one in verse 19. I could have been the one in verse 20 and 21. I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have been out of love. I could have done this. There's many ways I could have not received my healing. Show me. Amen. Show me so I can get it. And then apply the principles in your heart. You're going to get it. These are, you wrote them down that I said that these are the ingredients of an established part of love. You know, the farmer knows how to put fertilizer in, right? They know just the right kind, so on and so forth. Well, the Lord showed me there's just the right kind of fertilizer for your heart. Amen. And we're going to see how these things are going to, are going to abound in you, cause uh, the victory to come forth. In second, did I say second Peter? Well, second Peter, chapter one. I'm all right. Hallelujah. You write right above Peter there. Start with verse 2. You write right up there that these are the ingredients of a heart of love. Good soil that will never fail to produce good fruit. Grace, this is verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the what? Through the knowledge of Him that calls to glory and virtue. See, I could preach for a while right on these things. Glory to God. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption. Corruption. Incorruptible seed. Cannot decay. Cannot be corrupted. I don't got corruption in my heart. I've got it. It's incorruptible. It'll never fail, but let's go look what he said here. Through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, here it is. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Turn it over with a shovel for a while. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Put them ingredients in your heart. Now listen, for if these things be in you and what? You know what the word means? Increase in abundance. Increase in abundance. Now listen, the same light that brought the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ that causes the grace of God to be what? Multiplied through knowledge. That same grace. That same knowledge. If these things be in you, all those things, and abound and increase in abundance, it will cause you to be, look it, neither barren, barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of of the Lord Jesus Christ. If these things increase in abundance, 
in my heart, I'll not be barren or unfruitful. I'll produce the fruit in the knowledge which gives me the grace multiplied, which when I have grace in abundance causes me to reign as a king in life by one Christ Jesus. Now, someone didn't even know that, but yet they go off and say, wasn't me. That's pride. I don't dare claim that we've got all, any one of us got all these things down to a T yet. But I'll tell you what, I am diligently seeking them out. And I'm going to take this word, I am going to turn over my spade and I'm going to turn over that faith in my heart. I'm going to get that virtue in my heart and mix it up. So on and so forth. Pour out all the weeds of doubt and unbelief. All the thorns and all the thistles of false doctrine and error and fallacy and hypocrisy and heresy. Get it out of my heart. And I'm going to just turn over this knowledge. And I'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll begin to reign in this life. Because grace, grace, it was the same grace that fell away. God's grace couldn't get to that plant. It couldn't get to it. See, the rays of the sun, that same thing, because the person, this is the same light. It's the same knowledge. In other words, the same knowledge will work for you or against you. If you're operating it for you, you'll be delivered. You'll have the fruit. If you're operating the same light, the same knowledge against you, you'll be defeated. Can you see that? God doesn't do it. We do it. But I want to reign in life. I don't want to be unfruitful. I don't want to be barren. Do you? I want to be fruitful. Fruitful. And we're going to show you how over there in Jeremiah 17. But we'll get to it another time. I don't know. I'd like to finish it on. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You'll neither be barren nor unfruitful. Now, we were there in... Let me say this. We were there in Ephesians, the third chapter. Remember? It says that if the love of God is... In your heart, you'll be rooted and grounded in that love. You'll be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, the endless boundaries of God's mercy. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what Peter's talking about here. Charity, divine love, a heart filled with love, the Word dwelling in your heart with all wisdom. Now unto Him that is able... To do exceeding abundantly in abundance, abundantly increasing in abundance. Now unto him that is able to increase his doings in your life in abundance. Above all you ask or think that it will do for you according to the power that's working in you. That's what it's saying. As you increase in that abundance of the knowledge and grace, and it's multiplied to you, then God's power to work on your behalf, His grace, His manifold grace to move on your behalf, increases in abundance. And He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. See, it doesn't stop there. That one verse we shouldn't take out of context. But we're going to go on and see how man trusts in man, and because of it, he's barren. He's a wasteland. That same person, if you remember Jeremiah 17, we talked about it once before. That same one, he says, is as the heath in the desert. It's got rich soil only this deep on top, but underneath there's no depth. And that's the kind of plant that lives. He said, you'll be the same kind of plant. But the person that's rooted and grounded in the Word, 
He's going to be a tree planted by the rivers of water, and he won't know when the drought comes. Now, I want to be that tree. I want to be that, that, that plant, don't you? Now, we're going to go back Wednesday, and we're going to see all that we're talking about. We're going to start to tie it all together. We haven't gotten to the end result yet. We haven't gotten to how to bring the fruit across. But I want you to get this point across. Number one, if you don't understand it, it won't work for you. Please understand that. If you don't understand how faith and healing works, if you don't understand the operation of the Word working in your, in your heart to produce your healing, don't pretend that you do. You need help if you don't understand it. Because it will not produce for you. And I know it won't produce for you. If your heart's stony, okay, you, you, you've got a little bit of depth there. You've got just a little bit, a layer of it. You're starting to grab a hold of it. It's starting to work for you. It springs up right away, but then through, through the trials and the pressures of life. That's what the afflictions and persecutions are. When they come against you, it causes this, that same light. That same knowledge that brought the thing forth is the same light. It's not God doing it, but it's the same knowledge, only in reverse. Because you're going to apply it in the opposite effect. You're going to say, no, I didn't get my healing. No, I didn't get my healing. Looks like I'm not healed. That same light, that same knowledge that's going forth from your lips and your heart will destroy your life. Same light. Same knowledge. Same operation. Same working. Same heart. So what we've got to do? Get out the stones and the weeds. Any farmer knows he's got to do that. Amen? You get that heart pure. That's what we're going to work up to. Getting a pure heart before God. A heart filled with love. You're going to graduate to bearing fruit. And look out, look out, look out. Your joy will be full. To bear fruit. What did Jesus say in John 15? If you abide in me, my words abide in you, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, ask what you will. See, I knew this four years ago. I didn't say I was getting it four years ago, but I'm getting more of it now. Next year I'm going to get more of it and more of it and more. You know why? Because I'm continuing in His Word. But the guy that walked off and said, that don't work, go ahead. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.